This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, June 28th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is back and ready for another 12-second summer movie review. You were supposed to sit right next to me. I'm sorry about You weren't that. there. I apologize. I know, I know you went out Would of Would you town. see it a second time? That's, yeah, you, yeah. We'll answer that after the review, right? Yes. Uh, Fast and the Furious 9, a.k.a. F9, like a keyboard command, mm-hmm. came out, saw it Thursday night with the homies, minus you, missed you, we'll see it at some point. It's time for a 12-second movie review. Hit it. Over the weekend, someone told me they couldn't suspend belief in watching the Fast and the Furious movies. Come on, you got to do it. I LOL'd at least 14 times in the film. Feels like the other since F5 <laughs> since there's so much ridiculousness going on. It's not going to win any awards, but that's not why I go recommended. Ooh, okay, so recommended. Not an award winner once again. Never going to win. Sheer entertainment value. Yes. yes. They've embraced the ridiculous. It's been like four or five movies. Yes. Okay. On a scale of Jimmer Fredette's Jake Keeps. This is Michaela Coolahan. I go to be entertained, like watching Michaela slice up a, an opposing defense. Okay. I so, like that. Yeah. Goal scoring, LOL moments. Like 14 times I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like just ridiculous, crazy. Like I'm not going to spoil any of the ridiculousness uh, with Rob Deerdick on MTV, but yeah. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun. We're aiming for three LOL moments on today's show. Not that reaction, though. Nope, not not that. Well, we'll see from our two guests. Okay. Yeah. Not that type of laugh, but you never know. We are building a case for and against every potential starting quarterback at BYU. Oh, I didn't build one against. I just did four. We are building a case for okay. every BYU quarterback like, that could potentially start at BYU. I mean, we're going to be here. Jeez. I may have uh, built a case against them as well, but we will focus on that the means four. That you did. You need to throw a ball in the dirt occasionally. Otherwise, that's just (laughs) false. Blaine Fowler, former quarterback and national champion at BYU, will sound off on those quarterbacks and that very subject. Plus, we play too high, too low, or just right. It's been a while. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Brady Christensen signs his rookie contract with the Carolina Panthers. It's reportedly four years, 5.1 million bucks total. Average salary, 1.2. His signing bonus, 1.1 over the four years. I bought Brady dinner in Charlotte last time I was there. you dinner. Yeah, Brady, you're buying dinner this time, buddy. I'm doing the math on how much more he makes than us. You're buying the dinner now. Pro Football Focus ranks San Francisco 49ers linebacker Fred Warner number 20 overall in their list of top 50 NFL players right now. Warner, an all-pro selection last season, received a position grade of 88.6. To rate that, it was the highest of any linebacker in the league. He's ranked the best NFL player under 25 years of age, also by Pro Football Focus. Yeah, didn't go on that mission trip, so uh, he sneaks in under 25. I think. Young man. I think Brady's uh, you know 25 now. Played at old BYU. Yep, yep. It's such an advantage. Elijah Bryant played 11 minutes, and the Milwaukee Bucks went over the Atlanta Hawks in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Scored two points, had four rebounds, had an assist as well. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Courtesy of the homies Cougar Stats on Twitter. Elijah Bryant's first BYU player to score in an NBA conference finals 
since Greg Kite. Eli. Four points for the Indiana Pacers in 95. Brian did not appear in Game 3 yesterday, uh, which the Bucks won to go up 2-1. Game 4 is tomorrow. Also, Tony Jones of The Athletic reports Danny H. is in play, coming to the Jazz front office in an advisory role following the stepping down of Utah Jazz Executive Vice President Dennis Lindsay, although Dennis Lindsay is going to stay in the org in a lesser capacity. Okay. So we'll see if Danny H. joins the Jazz. Tell me with Ryan Smith, will they connect in a formal job? Our arms are wide open. Thank you. Danny Thank H. you, Scott Steph. You are welcome. Courtney Wayman had a weekend. Broke her own school record with a time of 9 minutes, 23 seconds, 9 hundredths in the women's 3,000-meter steeplechase on Thursday at the U.S. Olympic Trials. She finished fourth overall, Jerem, just one spot shy of making the Olympic team. I think that Courtney has a bright future if she wants to continue to pursue this. Second time she clocked a new career and school record in that race. After doing so in the first round of the steeplechase of the Olympic trials, her time ranks third on all dates, all-time collegiate list. Connor Mance also ran well this weekend. He finished eighth in the men's 5,000-meter run at the trials, running a 13 minutes, 32 seconds, and 69 hundredths, while Casey Klinger finished the race at 13.50 and 20 hundredths, number 12 overall. Violet Zavodnik of Cougar Softball is on the USA U18 Junior National Team for the World Cup and Junior Pan American Championship. Zavodnik was both the West Coast Conference Player of the Year and Freshman of the Year. She also won BYUSN Softball Player yep. and Freshman of the Year yep. of note. Award sweep. She might be the greatest to ever have played softball at BYU when she is done with her career. Okay. Yeah. BYU Women's Volleyball. Good news. Announcing full capacity attendance in the Smithfield House this fall for their upcoming season. Cougars reigning WCC champs advance to the Sweet 16 again in last year's NCAA tournament. They have not played in front of a full-capacity crowd at home since December of 2019. That's gnarly. Congrats to Lucas Labe, former BYU Volleyball and men's assistant coach who helped as an assistant with the USA women's volleyball team who won the Volleyball Nations League in Italy over the weekend. Team now prepares for the Olympics in Tokyo starting with Argentina on July 25th, so less than a month away from Olympic volleyball, baby. Woo! Congratulations to former BYU rugby player and current Utah Warriors star center Calvin Whiting. We talked to him last week. He was called up to the USA Eagles for the team's summer tour in Ireland and England. What an accomplishment. Josh Whippy, another former BYU rugby standout, scored a try for the Warriors in their 24-5 victory over the Houston Sabercats. They're rolling. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good time to be a rugby fan in the state of Utah. And Paula Sique, who is hurt, but he plays for the Harlequins in the English Premiership, they won the championship as well. So congrats to uh, Paul. Paula Sique. Or Paul. Paula Sique. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Build your case for each of the three potential starting quarterbacks at BYU. In fact, we've divvied up the responsibilities. And Jerem Jordan, I hereby dub you the case builder for one Baylor Romney, who all he does is beat ranked Boise State teams. Well, you don't have to make my argument for me. I'll do that. But, uh, okay, so I'll take Baylor Romney. Okay. I've got four reasons why Baylor Romney should be the starter. How many of you guys like beating a ranked team? I do. Oh, wait, I did that. I'm Baylor Romney in 2019. By the way, Zach Wilson did that one time. One time. Ooh. Last year. How about a team that finished ranked so they were actually good when the dust settled? 
Oh, that's only me and not Zach Wilson any times. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I'm not saying I'm better than Zach. I'm just saying I've done something pretty impressive, right? Okay, reason number three. Do you like beating rivals? I've already mentioned Boise State. How about Utah State? Uh-huh. Jaron Hall, great job. Love you. Got us a 21-14 late at the break. Did you like the 21 points I equaled in the second half to make it a 42-14 mm-hmm. dominating win? A blowout? Did you like that? You like that! Oh, and by the way, I won another game against Liberty the next week. And I almost uh, beat South Florida. I had to come in and kind of try and save that one. Didn't do it, but it was close. I hadn't played college football yet. I'm healthy. I'm ready. There's no mitigating issues with me. Jaron's a baller, no doubt. One concussion, he might be done with football. We don't want that. We want Jaron Hall, right? That's scary. Jacob, a baller too, but he's a freshman. Listen, what have I done to not deserve the starting job? All I've done is... uh, Win or save someone else's bacon, win, right? Win, 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 win. Yes. Boise State, Utah State, Liberty. I've been in the fire. I'm healthy. I'm ready. Let's go. Make me the starter. All right. Baylor Romney, the case for number 16 to start for BYU. And I'm a Romney! <laughs> but if Baylor gets the backup job, I guess it's the second place Romneys. How many of those guys have a Mexican backdrop? Come on! Yeah, Mormon colonies. Shout out. I love it. Okay. Case number two, and to do so, we bring in one of our good friends. Dave McCann joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Dave, you like Jacob Conover today. Build your case for Jacob Conover. Well, he's the uh, new kid in town and uh, comes from a big-time high school in Arizona where he won three straight state championships. He threw for over 10,000 yards, over 100 touchdowns. He ran for over 560 career yards and eight more touchdowns. This is the highest level of Arizona football. Now it's high school. All right. Uh, Went on a mission, came home, had a few months cut off that mission, which allowed him to be the scout team quarterback at BYU all last season against the top 10 defense, who, as you two are witnesses of, we have heard from many coaches that have said Jacob Conover had lit up their defense that day in practice. We heard it a number of times, and Blaine will confirm that if you don't believe me. Uh, you know what? He's 6'1". He's agile. He's got a great arm. He hasn't played Division One football. Nick Saban offered him a scholarship on the spot, and he said, I'm going on a mission. I'm going to BYU. Nick Saban seems to know talent when he sees it. Kalani Sataki knows talent when he sees it. I love his attitude. I talked to some of his teachers in his class, and they said, you know what? There's something different about this guy. And it's not just what number 17 does on the field. It's his moxie. It's his ability to make plays. And um, he's a freshman, but the other two are sophomores. They've had D1 experience. Jaron, a year and a half ago, when he, before he got hurt, and then Baylor in mop-up duty last year, and then he had those starts two seasons ago. But because of the COVID years, typically if you've got a junior or a senior, they play ahead of the freshman. This year you have two sophomores and Conover as a freshman. Are all three going to be together for the next three or four seasons? I don't know. But I think the competition is uh, wide open going into fall, and I wouldn't be surprised. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Against Arizona down there in front of 60,000 BYU fans in Vegas, I wouldn't be surprised if young Jacob Conover slips behind the center and fires things up. I think we'll see all three. We've needed all three. You know, you hear often from coaches that say, if you have two quarterbacks, it means you don't have one. If you have three quarterbacks for BYU, it means they have three quarterbacks. Um, and they're all pretty good. I, I think the tools are around Conover that would allow a talented freshman to come in and settle in and play well right out of the gate. 
uh, as opposed to the years past where he's got to come in and be phenomenal. This is not the same team that Zach went into on the field as a freshman. Uh, Conover's got an 1,100-yard running back. He's got an All-American tight end. He's got the Nakua brothers. He's got his former teammate from Chandler, Gunnar Romney, Neil Pau, a big offensive line, a deep backfield once you get past Algier and Katoa. And, man, I just think it's set up for – I don't think you can lose if you go with either three. In this case, you go with the young guy and have a wild four years. Com- That's my case. Hey, a compelling case from Dave McCann. Did you stay up late last night, Dave, putting all this Dave's together? Dave's used to staying up late. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for months, and we got what? We got five more weeks till AFR. We'll start. It's the story of the summer, right? No one's wondering who's going to play center. They want to know who's <laughs> the center you're going to give the ball to. Hey, great stuff. Good to talk with you. We'll do it again soon. Dave McCann on the case for Jacob Conover. And, uh, again, some compelling points for sure. I feel like I drew the favorable straw in this competition, if you will. Oh, so do I. Crazy. Because I was given (laughs) the responsibility of making a case for Jaron Hall. When the bishop asked you to make the case for (laughs) Jaron Hall. I'll start with this. How many of these guys are true dual threats? Ah, yes. Only one of them is a true dual threat and can step into that role that Zach Wilson leaves behind, able to attack with run and pass. Also, how many of these guys had their offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick, say, uh, he played maybe the best half of football I've ever seen at the collegiate level in my time as an offensive coordinator. Yes, that was Jaron Hall against Utah State before an unfortunate concussion knocked him out of the game. I think not only is he, again, in the words of Aaron Roderick, going to be hard to beat if he stays healthy, but, Jaron, I feel like he has the swagger necessary to be the quarterback at BYU. He started his first game on the road. Now, not that Baylor's wins shouldn't, be, I mean, certainly credited for awesomeness, but they were in Lavelle Edwards Stadium other than the second half at Utah State. He didn't start that game on the road. Jaron, both of his starts came on the road, and... I thought every game was a neutral or home game. Oh, every game's a home game for BYU? Wait, I thought, (laughs) was that not the case? There is something to be said about learning the hard way and having the swagger of having to make those pressure road starts. I think if Jaron Hall stays in the game against South Florida, BYU wins that game. Maybe Charlie Strong still has his job. or No, actually, he wouldn't have his job because BYU would have beaten them, and he lost his job Well, anyway. South Florida sucks. So no, he lost he his job anyway. Okay, strike that from the record. But he's got the swagger on the road as a dual threat, and I just think his dynamic playmaking ability opens up the playbook more than the other two candidates. That is the case for Jaron Hall. I hadn't thought about the case against Jaron here we go, uh, until sitting on this side. Jaron Hall hasn't finished a game as a starter. The injuries That's are the issue. case. That's an issue. The injuries are the case so, against. How much is he running anyway? You know what I mean? With that, like The big question mark with Jaron is health yes. regarding concussion. Without question. That is a scary thing. Jaron um, quit baseball to focus on the pursuit of being the starter. Obviously, he wants to be the starter. He would have been the backup if he was healthy last year, but he wasn't. He had a, 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 a hip injury that he was dealing with as well. He says on media day he is 100%. He's good to go. So that's great because if he's healthy, he's going to be hard to beat out. The words of Aaron Roderick, right? If. It's a huge if. And he says he is. 
So we either think he's lying or we believe him. Yes. And we believe him here, right? So I, I'm interested to see that. Baylor Romney, to me, is a tremendous backup. And then Jacob Conover, I want him to redshirt. That's what I want. I, but like Dave said, I would be fine with any of the three. I really would. I just think that I want to start with Jaron Hall. I just want to begin the season with Jaron Hall, see where he takes us. If, he, if it doesn't work out with him, with one of the two eyes, injuries or ineptitude, then you go to Baylor. The two, three-year guys in the program, and then Jacob gets his shot down the line. Yeah, he can because play he's in a four, freshman. He can play in four games and still redshirt. Yes, we. Why rush that when you have two guys who've been in the system who have played and won games? Jaron technically is. If we treat him like a starting pitcher, he wins the Utah State game. If we say five innings is one half or something or whatever, so it's all good, man. I, I'm excited about this, but. You can't keep three good ones like this for three years. In three years, we're not going to look back and see that all three stayed and were happy and everything was great. Honestly, it's just they're too good and probably you know too competitive to take that. Our question of the day, which BYU quarterback has the strongest case to start today? You've heard cases for all three of the front runners. Jerem gave us Baylor Romney. Dave McCann, Jacob Conover, and I just presented the case for Jaron Hall. What do you think, BYUSN? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Peterson answers on Instagram. Jaron Hall is easily the most developed quarterback on the roster. Ooh. If he is healthy and the staff feels like the offensive line can protect him from another injury, I want him. Is Jaron the most developed quarterback on the roster? That's an interesting question because Baylor's been around for a while, too. Baylor's beaten the team that finished ranked. Again, Zach Wilson cannot say that. Like, what Baylor did in that singular game might have saved Kalani Sataki's job. Remember, BYU's 2-4 and going up against number 14, Boise State. If BYU loses that and is 2-5, and things may spiral, and who knows if Kalani retains the job, gets Mm. a contract renewal. That was a huge moment in BYU football history, that win, right? Develop? I can't say that Jacob Conover's not. I don't know that he isn't. I have to see him in games first, I guess. Maybe that's Jeremy's point. We need to qualify what developed means. Point in the... Ready like, to win t- a game? T- time in the playbook? Like, what? Yeah, I, I, no, I, I, I feel you. Uh, Will Chessire? Uh, how much better can you do than getting an offer from Bama? Conover is the strongest case, but Jaron's the guy. It's pretty good. Jacob Conover no, comes good. with yeah. the most prestigious resume without question out of high school. But, but that le- doesn't always work out that way. But the least amount of experience among the group. Okay, so I could make the case that Zach okay, compare Zach Wilson's high school resume against Jacob Conover. Like you Jacob Conover's was better. You, you, In you, fact, it, Tanner exactly. Mangum's was better than Zach Wilson's. You, it he doesn't was, Jake Heaps. It doesn't yes. always work out. Ben like, Olsen! Oh, the resume, the stars. Yeah. It's more often than not worked out in favor of the guys who didn't receive a lot of stars building and excelling at BYU. Yeah. I'll take Stanford scraps. Taysom Hill. Let's go. Coming up, what's the greatest BYU football helmet of all time? Ah, yes. And Blaine Fowler. He weighs in on all three cases for the starting quarterbacks. Which one of them has the strongest case to start against Arizona on September 4th? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
The newest Deep Blue podcast features basketball and social media superstar Shaylee Gonzalez. I talked to her about how she became a viral social media sensation, overcame an ACL tear. And is she about to make money on name, image, and likeness? Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. TikTok superstar Shaylee Gonzalez. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Happy Monday. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's make this an even happier Monday by welcoming in one of our favorites, Uncle B, all-around good guy, national champion quarterback, dual-threat analyst, Blaine Fowler, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Blaine, great to see your happy face on this Monday. What's up, guys? I, I love that we're getting close to football, but a comment on Shaylee. She is the real deal. I know. Like, she's going to dominate this year. I just, this BYU basketball team with the additions is going to be loaded and mm. she is going to be dominating. I hope she makes some money with this new deal. And she told me because of COVID, she can be here three more years, not two, which was a reminder. <laughs> That's and a crazy. Me. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm so excited for women's basketball. I think that they will be a ranked team and dare I say, win the West Coast Conference regular season this year. Yeah. yeah. And as good as, Shay- as good as Shaylee was this last year, your first year back from an ACL is only a sliver of what you're going to be because her mind is going to be more confident around that knee this season, and she, and she will be dominating. I can't wait to see her play a this Fantastic year. point. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Okay. Let's get to the quarterback talk, my friend. You have heard the cases for all three to start at BYU. Jerem presented Baylor Romney. Your good buddy Dave McCann had Jacob Conover, and I presented the case for Jaron Hall. Who has the strongest case to make the start against Arizona on September 4th at Darth Vader's Hangout, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas? <laughs> I do like that you call it Darth Vader's Hangout. I can't <laughs> wait till we're in there. It, 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 it's it's a tough one, and and one that Aaron Roderick and Kalani haven't quite made yet, um, because as they got into spring ball, at different points in spring ball, you would have said different guys, and you guys have all made great points for each of these guys. Early in spring ball, I, I'm watching Jaron Hall, and I'm going, man, this guy's like the potential is through the roof, unbelievably fast. He's a big physical guy, like he's probably going to run a four four come fall. Um, as, as big as he is, that's crazy speed, big arm. But in the first little bit of spring ball, I was going, oh, man, he's like been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, and so that, that's a problem. And really all we need out of the quarterback spot this fall is consistency, right? Then the last week of spring ball, he was phenomenal. He was just lights out the last week. I'm like, okay, there's the consistency. Did he win the job in that week? I think if he had been that way the whole spring, it would have been obvious um, but it was the last week where he really came into his own and started making great decisions and was making great throws, every throw, every practice, every play, right? Um, and so if he can continue that through the summer and come into the fall, you would think he would be the guy. In Baylor, what you have is a guy that's just always consistent. He gets the ball out. He's a great distributor. He's extremely accurate. He's earned um, his role with this team. They very much respect him as a leader. Um, he just doesn't make bad decisions. He probably best understands um, pre-snap what the defense has given him and who he's going to go to, and he has no favorites. When we were watching Zach Wilson two years ago, the thing was, man, is Zach making some decisions before the snap and just going to his favorite? Is the ball just going to Matt Bushman sometimes because he wants to go to Matt Bushman? And then last year, Zach started to go to wherever the defense dictated, and that was the difference between good and great. Baylor's a guy that just distributes the ball based on the defense. And with this receiving core, that, that's a big thing. And so I, I think those two will battle it out. Jacob Conover, 
is crazy talented. And, and you guys, we were talking at the break about how athletic he is. He is sneaky athletic. When they're playing pickup basketball, they'll take the ball baseline and, and then go up in traffic and two-hand throw down dunk on people. That's how explosive Jacob Conover is. Quick release, makes all of the throws, very quick feet, and tremendous confidence. He reminds me of Max Hall early in his career with his confidence. Uh, but he's probably more athletic than, than Max. Well, he is more athletic than, than Max Hall. So his potential is through the roof as well. But you'd like to not have to play that young guy right away. Um, and so so I, I, don't, I don't know if I answered it. My feeling is if Jaron Hall can take that last week of spring ball and carry that into the fall, he's going to be your guy. If he comes with some inconsistency, well, then Baylor's going to overtake him because Baylor doesn't play with any inconsistency. He's just consistent every play. And then I feel like they're going to bring Jacob along, and at some point, you know, they they may need him. The beauty of of his of him is he was able to come because of COVID to fall camp without any eligibility being used. And if you ask every player on BYU's defense, because Jacob ran that prep defense, they would tell you the best quarterback they faced all season last year, and I'm including UCF's quarterback and Coastal Carolina's quarterback would be the guy they faced in practice every day running the prep team, and that's Jacob Conover. He was that good as a freshman. But now he comes as a true freshman. He could redshirt. He could play in four games and redshirt this year, and, and you could really bring his development along. So I guess what I'm saying, guys, is BYU's in a phenomenal position right now. <laughs> and what we've, learned in the last, what, what we've learned in the last 10 years is we used to say if you don't have one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. And I, I say if you don't have two or three now with the way injuries have played in this game, you, you might be in trouble, and BYU is crazy deep. This is as deep as they've been in a long, long time. And with the receiving core and the tight ends and the offensive line and the backs they have, any one of those guys could do it. So let's see who shows up and plays with the most consistency in the first week. If that's Jaron Hall, I think the job's his. Um, and so that's, that's a lot of pressure on him to be consistent and, and play free, but, but that's what he's got to show these coaches to just grab that job by the throat. It's really interesting, and I think how you laid it out is very similar to what we've been discussing on the show, Blaine, which is if Jaron Hall's healthy, and that's a big question, right? Because he's yet to finish a game as a starter in those two starts. He got knocked out of both. He's the guy. Baylor is a tremendous backup. He feels and looks like a great backup, right? And we've seen him win a ranked game against Boise State. And then ideally, Conover redshirts. Do you think it will be that what what you and, and we have been discussing, or will something in fall camp twist this up? I'm not talking in season where maybe there are injuries. I'm talking fall camp. Will you be shocked if it's different than what we just laid out? I think that's probably the way it will lay out because I know they're all putting work in, right? And I expect that Jaron will come back in the fall. Um, Jaron's actually been working with John Beck. We've heard that story before, mm-hmm. right? And And so – I would expect him to come back with consistency, but the, the wrench that gets thrown into that is if for some reason he reverts back and, you know, he, he pushes the ball in some places he shouldn't and they go, whoa, like this isn't the kind of consistency we need from that position because you know that Baylor will be consistent. There's no question, right? Um, then the other you kind of dark horse thing that could happen is when you watch Jacob Conover in spring ball, he'll, he'll make some plays and he'll have some series where you just go, whoa, this dude is crazy talented, right? And then he'll push the ball into a tight spot, make a bad read, and the ball will get picked off or get knocked down. And you go, okay, well, that's what you get with a freshman. Every once in a while, a freshman's confidence is just a little bit too much, and they try to make a play that's not there. 
Um, if Jacob Conover, you know, takes a big leap during the summer and into the fall, and he came in, and then just every single time he got in, he never made a mistake, you'd have to go, hmm, is this, is this guy ready to roll? Because he's that good. He's that good. I do think it would take Jaron having some inconsistency, which I do not expect in the fall for, for Jacob to leapfrog him. And honestly, having played that position, I know what it looks like out there when you're a freshman. No matter how ready you think you are, the first couple of times you get in that game at game speed, especially against the schedule BYU's playing, it's it's hard to see down the field. And the, and the more repetitions you get over time, when you're not in pressure pack situations, the slower the game gets. And I would love for Jacob to have the chance to develop and have the game be slow for him when it's his game to win. That would be the ideal situation. So, hey, fingers crossed. Jaron's putting the work in. Does he come back and is he unbelievably consistent? If he's not, Baylor's ready to roll. Um, and then, you know, do you get – you hope that you can get Jacob some meaningful minutes um, and still keep his eligibility because he's going to be good for a long time. I'm glad you brought up the quarterback whisperer, John Beck. And I didn't in my argument because I'm a little bit hesitant to do so with BYU fans thinking, <laughs> oh, see what John Beck did with Zach Wilson? He can do the same thing with Jaron Hall. So I'm a, I'm a little tentative to go down that route. But since you brought it up, what type of an impact do you think that will make for Jaron Hall working with the quarterback whisperer, John Beck? Well, first of all, you, you guys know what I think of John. Just a tremendous understanding of the game and and his his understanding of mechanics to fix just little things in the footwork he builds quarterbacks from the ground up which all great quarterback gurus do and they look at what their feet are doing and what their hips are doing because where your feet and hips go that that's where all of your power comes from and that's where all of your accuracy comes from and he understands that so well makes little tweaks that help these guys be more accurate and then He's big into teaching these guys how to effectively and usefully study film and look at defenses, pre-snap recognition, that kind of stuff. So a lot of the mental stuff and reps that they get with John is just as important as the physical. But it's not so much about John, right? Um, because he's phenomenal, right? We know that he is. But it's about the fact that Jaron has said, I need to get better. I need to be more consistent and I'm going to put in extra work uh, to get better. I watched Zach do it. The reason Zach Wilson made these quantum leaps was because his work ethic was just off the charts. He, he's what I would call like a football, you know, we call him in basketball gym rats. Zach Wilson's a gym rat. He can't watch enough film. He, he, he can't get enough reps on his footwork and all that kind of stuff. And, and Jaron's showing now that he, he's a gym rat. He wants to, he wants to put the time in to get enough reps that it just comes natural to him in the fall. And he wants to have a better understanding of football. That's where John can help him. But it's more about the commitment to the work than it is about who they're going to. Um, and John's, in my opinion, the best there is in the business. So he's picked the great guy. But Jaron's work ethic is what's going to make the difference. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just heard from the broadcast whisperer, Blaine Fowler. Blaine, great stuff, man. Thanks for your time. Great to talk to you guys. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Blaine Fowler. <laughs> you will feel no stress during this highly intense broadcast Blaine, situation. Blaine is super fun to hang with, by the way. He's a great hang. If you want great stories. Stories, Dr. Seuss quotes, singing, uh, Hard dancing. To all, he can do it all. He can sing. You're right. He can, he can sing and dance. He can literally do it yes. all. He's amazing. 
Coming up, where does Chris Sims have Blaine Fowler? Just kidding. Zach Wilson on his list of NFL quarterbacks. And an epic addition to the BYU basketball team room. He's on fire! This is BYU Sports Nation. Boom shakalaka! This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Watch the latest BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. Great stuff from Media Day with uh, the homies. Oh, it's the Romney brothers, uh, Gunner and Baylor. And what do they really know each other? The final Media Day episodes. Check it out on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube accounts for BYU Sports Nation. To my left is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it on a Monday. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. I thought it was Monday this whole time. Monday. My dad told me that growing up. Adam Schefter reports the NFL approved alternate helmets for teams wearing throwbacks in 2022. So for BYU, what's the greatest helmet of all time? Let's rewind to the years of 1995 to 1997, Jerem. There was the traditional BYU helmet with the royal blue stickers, but they had these black accent strips down the middle of the helmet. I love the black accents around the royal stickers and decals on that white helmet. Give me the 95-96 BYU helmet if we're going to bring back one of them. Go old reliable, just the classic that you know Ty wore and everybody else wore before him. That just, had, but but with helmet stickers, helmet stickers yes. to me oh. screams quarterback factory. So I really love it. Also, I don't want any for service or academia. I just want ball on that. That's why Jim McMahon had like ninety stickers. You think he was <laughs> going to class? Come on, man. I miss that Wilson one thousand one football. By the way. <laughs> takes me back. The, the Mark Wilson. Yeah. Jerem, full capacity at the Smith Fieldhouse has been announced this fall, specifically for BYU women's volleyball, followed by men's volleyball uh, beginning in January. How can you qualify your excitement for that place to be packed again? I am very excited. Uh, since Lavelle Edwards Stadium announced it'll be full, I just assumed everyone else is full, but I'm very excited about being back and and, uh, you know, no masks, and we're together, and we're experiencing this like we had before. I'm, I'm stoked, man. And think about it. We're less than, we're probably, what, six, seven weeks away from women's mm-hmm. volleyball, waiting yes. on the schedule. But, uh, you know, middle to late August. I was trying to uh, qualify mine based on an event that I've experienced within BYU Athletics. Let's go to the Boise State game in 2015. You call it the rapture when Kai Nakua yeah. dives into the yeah, end zone after the pick six to seal that game. There's the Starman play. My excitement level's probably that first long touchdown throw from Tanner Mangum when he's fallen out of bounds to Mitchell Jurgens. Very exciting moment. Can't wait. But it's still early. I, I need to be back in there and, and, and feel it to really embrace what that moment is like yes. again. ESPN's Jeff Borzello said the following about Cougar Hoops. Quote, I'm not sure BYU gets the credit it deserves for its ability to recruit at a high level. Cougars have plenty of program history and tradition. They have a great home court. They have plenty of resources. And they have recent success to sell as well. It's a strong sales pitch. BYU's getting it done on the recruiting trail. What's the greatest recruiting edge BYU Hoops has right now? Mark Pope getting BYU basketball to the NCAA tournament two seasons in a row. I know the COVID shutdown made it so that doesn't count technically, but the fact that BYU was projected six seed and an actual six seed last season, first two seasons of Mark Pope, 
The head coach taking that team to the tournament back-to-back years as a single-digit seed is the greatest recruiting edge that they have right now. To me, it's Mark Pumpkin himself because his personality is such, and he gets it within the program, that he's attracting some really good talent that's getting BYU into the tourney. Mark Pope has changed things. There was an uncomfortable change when, you know, Dave Rose retires. It's like, hey, this guy might be the greatest coach we've ever had. Stan Watts in the Basketball Hall of Fame. But what Dave has done in the modern era, produce a national uh, player of the year in a Sweet 16, and all these at-large bids, like, what, 8 and 12 years or whatever? Incredible. So, to me, Mark Pope has helped elevate and build off of what Dave Rose started. And he's now adding video arcade fun to the team room because these things matter to college kids. Bobby Hordusky, the Dobo, Director of Basketball Operations, said on Twitter, new custom addition to the BYU men's basketball team room. Jack DeMooney and BYU football. I know Alex Barcelo and Big Rich would love some top-notch competition on NBA Jam. Let us know when you have two guys ready. Okay, Jerem, which arcade game would you put in the BYU Sports Nation team room? Well, prior to some renovations, you and I shared an office space. And we had what's called an emulator that had every Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and... Sega Genesis Genesis game. game. Literally all of them. I'm not kidding when I say that. We played NBA Jam and beat the game. We played Tecmo Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. We played... We just dork around after. We don't have anything else to do. Not. Uh, <laughs> we played NCAA college football. NCAA college football is my favorite game of all time. But if you're going like arcade style, yeah. it might be NFL Blitz. If they had Tecmo in that era, Tecmo Super Bowl specifically, that's the game I want to play. Give me Street Fighter II nice. Tournament Edition. I want to watch Guile take on, who's the electric dude from Brazil? Uh, I never got into Street Fighter. Baraka? Yeah. What's his name? I think it's Baraka Obama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, I have no idea. Or Zangief take on Dalsim. Like, I love Street Fighter. I like him in the MTC again. Tournament no edition. Yes. That was, that's a video game I would purposely make the walk up the street to and watch other people play. Like, just because it was new and fancy, and I just, uh, that game, bring it back. I think it would fit nicely in the football team room and in our BYU Sports Nation team room. We need a BYU Sports Nation team room first. <laughs> What's the biggest Pepperdine news from the weekend? Pepperdine? The Kessler Edwards st- is staying in the NBA draft, or Stanford All-American volleyball player Jalen Jasper is transferring to Malibu for one season? Uh, I'm going to go with Kessler Edwards because he is a legitimate NBA talent, and Jerem, just maybe this means BYU will win both games against Pepperdine in basketball this season. If there's no Kessler Edwards and no Colby Ross, watch for BYU to finally sweep the season series against Pepperdine without us really having to worry hard about it. I don't know, man. They won the CIT or whatever it was. With Colby and Kessler. I know. What a notable accomplishment to never actually make the NIT for those guys. Yeah. But they still beat BYU more often than not. Whatever. BYU went to the dance. I don't care. <laughs> you can have you can have that. Good. Good job. <laughs> you don't you don't even make the NIT. Coming up, rise a shout out to a whole bunch of kooks representing Team USA. Plus Zach Wilson's spot on the list of all NFL quarterbacks. Where does he rank? Is it too high, too low, or just right? This is BYU Sports News. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you watch this show or listen to it, 
We highly recommend you download the BYU TV app, as well as BYU Radio. Lots of on-demand content, of course, the show's on-demand. For the BYU Radio app specifically, you can go back to the uh, all the shows that have ever aired for BYU Sports Nation. Dating back to September 2nd, 2013. You can go all the way back. That's pretty cool. On TV, you can go back like five. So there you go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live on June 28th, 2021, live from Studio B. It is time we play Too High, Too Low, or Just Right, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. I'm going to start this, Jerem. Do it! By bringing up our guy Chris Sims, who we know loves Zach Wilson. Chris Sims loves him some Zach Wilson. Share a love. Okay. He ranked Zach Wilson his 27th best quarterback in the National Football League right now. Is number 27 too high, too low, or just right for Zach Wilson? He's only one spot off. I don't think Cam Newton should be 20th. Cam Newton can't throw the ball. (laughs) Cam Newton's not a great quarterback. Okay. Listen, I know Cam, like, did he win MVP one year? They went to Super Bowl. So you would put Cam Newton below Zach Wilson? Eh, Maybe not. But listen, at the moment, sure, whatever. When the season ends, Zach's going to be like 19th or Ooh, something on this list. Okay. He's going to climb up a little bit because Jimmy Garoppolo's probably not going to be starting. He's at 21. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be retired, a.k.a. what he's been doing the last couple of years. He looks, he looks retired. Uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is an uh, interesting one. Oh, he could retire oh, oh, at any moment. Magic. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, interesting, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, behind. By the way, so yeah, I, I agree that Jared Goff is behind uh, Zach. I, I think I'd put Jared ahead of Zach right now. Okay. Granted, he's with the Lions, okay. so he's about to be terrible, but he can hand off to Jamal Williams. <laughs> I don't know who, where, if I'd put Zach any higher, just based on right now. Like, like Joe Burrow's seventeen. Joe Burrow's going to be really good. He just got hurt. Carson Wentz, maybe with the Colts. I, I don't know. It's it's probably just right right now. When the season ends, I expect Zach to be up like six or seven spots. I think this is very favorable for Zach Wilson. Just listen to the people below Zach Wilson. Well, the first one's interesting. Trevor Lawrence, number one pick overall, is below Zach Wilson. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, no. Andy Dalton's going to be a bench warmer to Justin Fields with the Bears. Mac Jones, not a surprise, drafted after Zach. Mac, Mac could climb up here later. Jared Goff is below Zach Wilson, as you pointed out. Teddy Bridgewater is below Zach Wilson. Andrew Locke, basically, who's going to start for the Broncos? Tua Tagovailoa, 34, well below Zach Tua Wilson. Tua wasn't great with the Dolphins last year. Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, all of these guys have yeah. started a bunch of games in backups. the NFL. Those are backups from Tyrod Taylor on. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, 38 and 39, respectively. Case yeah. Keenum rounds out the top 40. I, I think You, this you is- skipped over one. Kellen Mond is ahead of Lanson Fields. He loves Kellen Mond, rookie out of Texas a He does like Kellen Mond. Yeah, Case Keenum at 40. I was like, Case Keenum. 27, I don't think that any BYU fan or NFL fan or Jets fan, for that matter, should have any issues with Zach Wilson. I feel like there's a lot of love being thrown out to Zach oh. Wilson at number 27 in this list. Chris fact, loves Zach. I, I'm almost hesitant to put him that high because I, I kind of want Zach to – not have as high of expectations. But starting him at 27, well, I think that's too high. He thinks he's the fifth worst starter in the NFL. That's what he did, well, that's what he did right? If you okay. couch it that way. All right. Okay, same list. Taste the milk, 24. What do you think of that? Too high, too low, or just right? That's the game. 
I will take Taysom Hill over Ryan's fit, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'll take Taysom Hill over Ben Roethlisberger at this point in Ben's really? career. Really? At, at this point in his career? Oh, and over Ryan. Both are proven starters. Taysom Hill's not. They're both old. They're both old. I'd still take Ben Roethlisberger at this moment. Over Taysom yeah. Hill as yeah. a starter right now. Yes. Even this late in his career. Yes. Yes. If it's with Pittsburgh. Okay. Because they always have a good team? defense yeah. and a solid run game, although they did lose the first-round game to the Browns, right? So I'd probably Which bump him up a couple of spots. Taysom's got some proving to do still in the league. He really does. We all love Taysom, no doubt, but he's got to show he can be the bona fide week-to-week starter I mean, and this, not a gadget situation. And if this wasn't year like 20 for Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I just, I guess I'm, I'm banking heavily on if the fact ben that Ben Roethlisberger Tays- shaved, you'd have him higher. I <laughs> swear. <laughs> or if he could run like a faster 40 than me, then yeah, I'd that probably, doesn't matter. I'd he, probably put him higher. That doesn't matter. He doesn't have all of his weapons in Pittsburgh anymore. Like I, I he just know. got Najee Harris. Yeah. He's good. Just stand there. Okay. Apply some beard oil and hand off to Najee Harris. <laughs> He's good. Okay. How about this? Our guy, Big Game Boomer, is back at Who it, Jerry. Big Game Boomer. I have no idea. He places BYU football in the fifth tier, fifth of college football teams. Now, let's quantify this a little bit before I ask you the question. In tier one, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Okay. Amen. No That's issues. it. Nobody Tier else. One. Sorry, Tier Notre Dame. one teams. Nope. Tier two. Boise State? No. Boise State. Oh, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's right. Exactly. Boise State? All right. Then uh, we'll go down to tier three. Got the likes of UCF. There were others with Boise State, just to point that out. I know. Yeah. But I feel like all those other teams in tier two deserve it. Yes. I'm just pointing out for the radio audience who has no idea. <laughs> yes. Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame. Oklahoma, yes, Oregon. Yes. Valid point you yeah, bring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tier three. Uh, UCF is in Utah's there. Utah's in there. With Auburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida, Iowa, Iowa State, Miami, North Carolina. Okay. I get to tier four, Jerem. Coastal's in there and BYU's not. And Coastal had one year. That get amazing college football program out of Pasadena, California, who hasn't won a Rose Bowl probably in your lifetime. UCLA is in at tier me? four. Not in yours. I'm talking to most of our younger fans. Oh, the great, we have old fans too. Powerful UCLA is tier four, along with Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, App State, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, BYU's tier five below those teams. We've given big games sooner. So I don't. Much I don't think I. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, if we bring up a list of big game boomer, credibility is lost. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Oh, is this the last of Big Game Boomer? Based on the UCLA, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, Louisiana, above BYU. Yeah. And, and Boise State Tier 2? Did you make this list when Kellen Moore was the quarterback at Boise State? Like, don't, it's been a decade. Yeah, don't degrade, and I know you're not, brother Kellen Moore, OC. Oh, I'm not. B- I'm, saying I'm just kidding. I, I like mentioning Kellen Moore. Tier two, like if Boise State was tier two in 2011, I get it. Yeah, it's a weird list. It really is. Utah State's in the last year. Coming up, today's what? rising what? shoutouts, and there are many. I agree with that. Oh, my goodness. Right Plus, America hits at the heart of our rise and shoutouts. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go. The MVP of your next event.
This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Maybe you've heard BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, just Google it, and subscribe rate and review it. Our question of the day, which BYU quarterback has the strongest case to start a game today. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. In from at Tyler C922, a healthy Jaron Hall, not really a question. Hall is the definition of versatile. It's definitely Hall, but I wouldn't be mad about Baylor Romney either. I won't be mad about any of them because I really think that Aaron Roderick understands what it's going to take yes. to do this. And coming off of a great year, obviously, you want to put your best foot forward and capitalize on this momentum. But you've got a tremendous team around whoever the quarterback is, as Damon can uh, emphasize. So I'm excited to see it, man. Fall camp's going to be compelling. It always is. I've half-joked that I want Baylor Romney to start against the University of Utah because he doesn't turn the ball over, Jerem. And BYU's undoing against Utah in recent years has been those devastating turnovers and Baylor just doesn't do that. Everyone just gets a quarter, and then whoever played the best gets the fourth. <laughs> That's the, a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible idea. Although intriguing, for sure. No. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. How about all of the USA connections, Jeremy? Courtney Wayman just smashing the school record. Uh, USA, uh, you know, trial steeplechase. Calvin Whiting getting the call up uh, with rugby, the former Super BYU cool. fly half, now a center in Major League Rugby. Then Violet Zavodnik, the uh, U18 junior national team. Congratulations, all three. I love this cornhole set from at Moke Fam. Just finished making my BYU football cornhole set. Can't wait for the season. That is an elite cornhole set. That's awesome. I love cornhole. That's fun. Well done. All right, our thanks to today's guests, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time for you again. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Stan Ross. We'll see you tomorrow for another loaded edition of BYUSN. Go Cougs! I got Stan Ross's autograph in 95. Did you really? What about...